1: G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Happy Wednesday, hope you're having an awesome week. So today I'm speaking with Dylan Hall, who is a social innovation strategist and we're talking about brand purpose and how you can translate your brand values into real impact, into actually making your organization more aligned with the values that you set out to achieve right so it's kind of like you can say that you value this stuff but how do you actually make sure that your actions align with that how do you make sure that from the top down the the culture and the customer experience and the employee experience and all those things relate back to brand purpose and brand values so awesome chat with Dylan he's doing lots of cool things I really, really enjoyed speaking with him. If you want to find out more about Dylan, you can head over to LinkedIn. I'll put the link in the show notes. He is a principal consultant at The Brand Trust, but like I said, he's also doing other things as well. He's passionate about healthcare and healthcare access and just lots of cool things. Um, so yeah, really, really nice, refreshing kind of chat. And I I can't even remember if we've had, I know on my other podcast, it definitely had interviews around the nonprofit space, but I don't know if we've actually done any or maybe we've done a couple, but it was a while ago. So really excited to be doing something a little bit more purpose-focused today and sharing that with you. Uh, If you enjoy this episode, please share it on Twitter or share it with your friends or share it on LinkedIn or share it with your network, wherever you feel like you can be creating value by providing this conversation and, and the, the insights from this conversation really really helps to grow the show. If you haven't had a chance yet to jump on Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show would really appreciate that. I know most people listening to this listen via Apple Podcasts, but if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, there's usually another way that you can get a, give a bit of kudos to the show. So please do that. Really, really helps. Or you can jump on the Facebook page if you just look up Grow Your Brand Podcast, you can rate and review the show there as well. If you want to go the extra mile to support the show, if this is helping you grow your business, if you can see financial returns from really understanding the stuff that we're talking about in every episode, and I, I really hope you you are, um, please consider buying me a cup of coffee. It's three bucks, which I think is a lot cheaper than getting coaching. So if this is enabling you to save money there and not have to have a brand coach, please consider supporting the show by buying me a cup of coffee on Kofi. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Kress. Uh, the link will be in the show notes as well. All right, we're just about to get onto the main part of the episode for today, but there might just be a little ad break here and then I'll see you back here in a tick. G'day, everyone. Lauren Crest, the business scientist here. Hope you're having an awesome morning. Or if you're watching this from the States, where my friend Dylan's from, I hope you're having a lovely evening. So, Dylan Hall and I are talking about brand purpose, brand values. You can say all this great stuff, but what does that actually mean in reality? So, Dylan, I'm really excited about this chat. I think it's so relevant, particularly right now with everything that's happening. Can you start by telling us a little bit about you and, and what you do?
2: Yes. Well, thanks for having me and uh, great to join the stream. Um, so, yeah, as you said, uh, I'm in the States and uh, we were just talking about the weather change. We'll be heading into fall and you are smelling spring, it sounds like.
1: Neely, <laughs> um, nearly. And
2: so uh, I live in, uh, yeah, uh, I'm in uh, New York um, and everybody always certainly thinks of the city, but uh, I am about three hours from New York City and beautiful upstate kind of area of New York. Um, My background real quick is uh, really been in the social sector the entire time, my entire career. uh, And that includes a lot of kind of things like direct care, like clinical work, counseling. uh, And then I started moving into um, more social impact, community development. Looking at questions on how can we create lasting and meaningful change and then during that time uh, I really got into social entrepreneurship and. um, Really um, that's been my kind of core um, interest and purpose and passion has been creating impact social innovation learning design thinking skills um and all these kind of tools um, basically to advance good you know um uh, the one phrase that I like is um how do we kind of have thriving people and places right it always comes down to people and planet like when we're talking about purpose social purpose it's it's either one of those one of those two categories or both of those categories that people are usually talking about and um so um, I currently work at a health startup um and our whole mission there is building health equity um and there's a lot of barriers to um, health in fact where people live work and play determines their health more than their dna in other words their zip code uh, determines life expectancy even more than um uh you know some of, of their personal choices or um uh their uh, DNA. And um, and then uh, I also uh, have been doing coaching and consulting for a while, mostly in the social sector, nonprofits, in the faith-based sector as well. And uh, this company that um, we kind of connected around is called the Brand Trust. And the Brand Trust, I started that um, to really focus on for uh, profit organizations who want to be purpose-driven, purpose-led, and get clarity around uh they're they're kind of core so it's really a brand strategy um company focused on purpose
1: i love what you're about i love that you're doing so many different things as well and as you're talking i can hear as well that you're really passionate about what it is you do which i just think is <laughs> so important when you're trying to do good in the world right like you kind of you can't be running on um on a I guess like, what's the opposite of passion I'm running on the opposite of passion
2: <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh you know i think there's seasons that we can have of doing work that um is just required right you know what i mean like there's just seasons where like hey i just got a grind and i have to um you know pay bills or i have a family or i have to save uh you know and not i do believe that you can find purpose in every job or every kind of, um, career at some level, but, um, certainly there's ones that are easier than, than others. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I also believe in the idea of having seasons where, you know, that this is my job that's funding the future job, right. Or the future. Yeah. Um, so yeah, All but right, the stats are the stats are not good. Have you seen stats around, I'm not sure in Australia, but you know, employee disengagement, and people that are just straight up hating their jobs—those stats are scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, um well, the I, I've got I, the last one I saw was the Gallup poll one, which is usually mm. the one people quote, which was like eighty-five percent disengagement. Yeah. And I think back in two thousand eleven, it was seventy percent. So that's a worldwide survey, and mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty crazy. That also it increased by fifteen percent in such a short period of time. So I want to dig into this, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about translating. I I feel like it's sort of like translating the meaning of what we write down as our purpose, right? Because it's (laughs) like, you can say this is our purpose and you can say these are our values, but from a brand perspective, firstly, because I want to ask you about this from both a brand perspective and a leadership perspective. So on the brand side, when it comes to actually inspiring people with the stories that we're telling, when it comes to actually motivating others, how, how do we do that?
2: <laughs> yes, great question. Well, um, you know, I, I, I did want to share a couple ideas on that. Um, uh, just in general, though, um, you know, one is that Uh, you have to realize that you're in the inspiration game. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to say that we and we use that term and we use that concept, you know, how do we inspire people for creating change? But there's nothing, There's that's not easy, right? Because it has to be authentic. Mm. And, um, you know, for me, um, the leader of, it doesn't matter if you're a small organization, medium, large size corporation, um, if there's not authentic, I'll give you an example. I was just, um, doing a first consult with, um, a kind of a social driven business locally. And, uh, they were all excited about, you know, kind of revisiting their mission and values and vision and purpose. And, and, um, so I started giving them, um, you know, some, some homework to start to think about, well, all of a sudden they, they, um, kind of allocated all that work to kind of a you know mid-level person and wanted that person to be the point for developing a new mission and purpose and vision and and that is the disconnect right like you yeah. can't do that and so unless there's buy-in from the top down um you know that inspiration is not going to be there and so th- that's just to start you know uh, you 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 are in the inspiration game and storytelling is your, um, microphone and your, um, means of motivation.
1: Yeah. Well put. I love that. And that's a really great example as well. Cause one thing that I see, and this is, I guess, coming at it more from like the, the small business space, right. Or even people who are, you know, wanting to make a difference, but they might even be like solopreneurs or they might be like, uh, mm. you know, c- consultants, like standalone consultants and stuff. And one thing that I see when it comes to sharing their story, particularly with the outside world, it's like, oh, this is hard. Okay, I'm going to outsource it. I'm going to outsource it to someone (laughs) offshore who will charge me 60 bucks for a blog post and you know and i'm like hang on but this is like your dna this is the dna of your business right like you can't you can't skip (laughs) skip over to outsourcing
2: (laughs) i like to say because you know if we're talking about purpose mission values like it's just ludicrous to think that you can outsource purpose right like Mm. and especially as you know i mean any size company but like a smaller company I think that the, I'm so passionate about the individual, the leader, the CEO, the founder, whatever, their purpose is absolutely integrated with the organization's purpose, right? So sometimes, more often than not, smaller organizations, you know, don't even have like some kind of purpose or mission statement that's um, that clear, certainly, but, uh, or even written down because it's just, that's just who they are, right, as a, as a business leader. So That's for, therefore, that's how they run their company. That's true with core values, right? Like every single individual, every single company, everybody, we're all value-driven people. The question is, have we actually defined those values that are most important to us and then held ourselves accountable to those values, right? That's that's the power in creating something like core values is that they are supposed to be guiding principles. They're supposed to be core convictions, non-negotiables, whatever term you want to use. And if we've kind of, Co- um, codified codified those and 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 solidified those that's what the basis of culture in an in a company or an organization is and uh, but a lot of people haven't done that
1: so let's talk about for people who are like well I haven't done that how do I get started <laughs> what, you know I mean how do you get oh actually sorry we've got another question that just came in from Naomi Lambert um, yeah, I like Naomi's question. So I'm going to ask you Naomi's questions first and then I'll then I'll go back to mine. So Naomi said, as someone who started a social enterprise, I'm interested to know how A, you measure social impact and B, you pursue voice or influence. Uh, do you pursue voice or influence or both? Great questions, Naomi. Thank you. So maybe let's start with the first one. That's a hard one. How do you measure your social impact? Really curious oh, about your thoughts on that. Oh, that is such a great
2: question awesome question by the way i just came across um a resource for uh her name is naomi i believe um yes. and if i can't find it right now i will send it the company is called hatched i believe it's an no, i'm not sure certain it might be an australian company actually but um if you check out hatched right they have a uh program that just came out uh like a digital platform like a sas product i guess all around measuring impact um awesome. and so uh, check out hatched h-a-t-c-h-e-d dot i-o um i guess it would have a dot a-u at the end right if it's australian um, i don't
1: know everyone has all sorts of crazy endings it's like dot tv <laughs>
2: yeah yeah this is tim this dude is yeah this dude is australian tim o'brien his name is
1: Okay, awesome. Awesome. And his
2: company is the that's as hatched as his branding company, but then he's got something called Roy R O O Y, which is all about that. Anyway, back to the question. Super, super important question. And the fact that Naomi you're asking that question is absolutely awesome because so many times we just end with measuring what I call nickels and noses, meaning like budgets and butts that we've served, you know, like products <laughs> that we put out, like Um, and so to think beyond and sit around the table and say, oh, are we actually having some kind of impact? Um, you know, uh, we probably can't get into it fully here, but you want to do something like, um, if you've never done a theory of change kind of exercise, you know, with inputs, outputs, um, you know, and it brings you all the way to impact. That's a great exercise, uh, walk through a theory of change, uh, framework and, um, answer those questions and spend some time. And then uh, it all starts, and maybe this is where we can kick into some of the strategy, if you want, Lauren. But um, it starts with you got to have clear purpose up front, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the core, because your purpose. And I, when I take uh, organizations through, uh, I take them through a whole brand trust framework, which includes purpose, mission, vision, values. Um, I have a you know a whole bunch of parts there because I think all those are important. But um, if you yeah. don't have that clear purpose. Because in that purpose statement is typically the intent of impact, right? And when I have organizations do a clear vision statement or a vision script, um, uh, I have them paint a picture of the future they're trying to create, right? And so that drives your organization uh, forward with decisions and with, you know, and then you can start measuring uh, based on that um there's a lot more to measuring social impact and it's a growing whole um kind of field just just measuring so great question and uh those are some some ways to start no
1: that's a great great um answer as well thanks dylan and i'll make sure i put the links to those resources you mentioned as well in here so the second part of that question was do you pursue voice or influence or both now i'm trying to think what do you think that means Yeah, like, Naomi, if you're still watching, hopefully you're still watching this, (laughs) Mm because we're talking about your questions. But um, it'd be good to know what you mean by that. Like, my interpretation of that is like, are are you meaning as in, uh, do you pursue uh, your own, um, you know, speaking out about an issue? Or are you looking at how you influence others i don't know if that's what you mean maybe we'll keep going with the strategy conversation that kind of flows off the back of what dylan was saying but if you can sort of clarify that a little bit further would love to explore that as well so strategy you mentioned strategy yep. you know where you're going with this take it away dylan <laughs> oh,
0: all
2: right all right yeah so just uh to piggyback on what we were just saying you know i think first uh, starting with a clear purpose statement. And um, again, I, I talk about you know vision, mission, purpose, and values, kind of making up your core DNA essence of your organization, needing those components, um, all those components of a vision frame to really um, uh, you know get that clarity that you need. But if you just start with a purpose statement, it has to be clear, has to be concise, uh, compelling, you know, um authentic enduring you know purposes why exist right and so um that's key the second thing is then okay how do we integrate this into you know people um our strategy overall as an organization our operations and there's a another tremendous resource um called the purpose playbook um and it's by the uh shared value Institute I believe or initiative I forget which one Uh, but uh, it's free to download. It's an awesome tool. You can learn so much and walk through all of it. Um, They've done a ton of research around this conversation, but integrating it into people, strategy, and operations. So let me give you some examples of what I mean. Um, So with people, uh, um, this great kind of mentor from a distance, you know what I mean? Where like I've read their books, I've talked with them uh, a handful of times, I can't call him a friend, but I would love to. (laughs) Um, uh, A mentor from a distance says that, um, um, you know, purpose does not um, uh, transmit through paper, but through people, Mm -hmm. right? So purpose doesn't transmit uh, through paper just because you've written it down, but through people. So you have to spend time with your people and help them digest the purpose, right? You need to come up with exercises and ways for them to, um, think about the implications of this purpose for my personal role in the company or organization and what it means for the company in terms of our decisions. And there's a lot of cool exercises, fun ways you can do that, but you've got to spend some time with your people. Uh, often it's best to incorporate your people into the purpose clarity process, right? Like, you know, a lot of people want to kind of be Moses, get the, uh, get the purpose on the mountain, write it down on the tablets and come down and show everybody that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying that um, I think people are looking for more buy-in nowadays, right? They're looking for more ownership. Um, and so co-creation of purpose, I think, is um, you know, important. even if you're like tweaking, even if you have a mission statement now or a purpose statement, you're like, oh, I need to revisit this. Um, you know, find some ways to inc- uh, um incorporate other voices. Uh, let's talk about um I don't know, uh, operations like, um, so, if you've spent some time helping people digest that purpose, in other words, sit with it, think about it, think about the implications um then then you want to also like think about how you roll out purpose in meetings, for example, right like things that get like celebrated get replicated right in other words uh, if you um, point to good culture, you know you point to somebody who's kind of modeled that purpose or core value or whatever, and you celebrate them at meetings at you know we used to have at one company i worked for um we had a kind of like a monthly pride meeting where um the ceo at the time would stand up and say hey you know this person uh um did did this thing and here's how it relates to this core value and you know we all kind of celebrate that and they win this cheesy little trophy right like <laughs> it gets passed around the office right you got to celebrate it in, in order to accelerate it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a lot more in operations. Like how do you hot purpose, purpose, mission, all those things should inform your, your core values certainly should inform how you hire, how you fire, how you recruit, how you onboard. Right. Like, and you see the, the larger companies and I have some examples of companies that we want to get to later, but like how you know, if they're clear about that purpose and they've positioned themselves and their branding and marketing, you know, are all backing all that up, they attract the right people, right? Like, so, um, so that's some, somewhat about, uh, with your operations. Um, and so, uh, strategy would include also like, yeah, campaigns and marketing, um, you know, uh, uh, your social purpose and that measurements that we were talking about earlier, like what, what are we holding ourselves accountable to, uh, um, in addition to the bottom line, of course, right? Like you, you need profit in order to, uh, to perpetuate purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, so, you know, those are some, some, some ideas.
1: I think like one thing that I was thinking as you were talking about that, and a- again, sort of relating it back to the story piece as well is like, when you want people to work towards a common goal, you need to have a narrative, right? Like this is the direction we're going in. And this is how, it, like, because when you have that emotional con- context for people to understand what's going on, sorry, I'm just moving around my stand. Um, <laughs> then people it's like you can engage people's imaginations because essentially what we're saying is like there's this future that i'm imagining in my head that you guys don't know about yet and my job as a leader (laughs) is to constantly remind you of like this is the journey we're on i I love what you said as well about like that kind of co-designing or that inviting people along for the ride i was actually writing a pitch this morning for an upcoming event in October for entrepreneurs. And uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm doing a collaboration with someone for this. And what I was kind of thinking about was like a lot of entrepreneurs think they need to, and I, th- I you know, I think anyone in the social change spaces can can fall into this trap of thinking, I've got to present this perfect front with this perfect elevator pitch so that I can attract the right clients, benefactors, employees to me, right? But it's actually that, you know, you mentioned authenticity. And for me, what I think about as well is like vulnerability and openness in going, we're not there yet. This is the journey we want to go on. Who's with us in helping us get there? You know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love to teach uh, when I talk about vision, it's not just a statement for me, it's a um, vision script or a paragraph almost because uh, in my framework, um, everything starts with a P. So uh, purpose, um, you know, positioning, uh, uh, and for vision, I actually call it picture because ultimately it's the picture that you hope to see, right? The, the social impact that you hope to see in the world as a result of your mission and your organization. And so um, I I teach people to have vision that is both aspirational and inspirational, right? So it's got to pull us forward and rally us around. But the reality is that vision is usually so aspirational in a good way that we'll we'll almost never like get there right and that's okay because like we're working towards that um i heard somebody say that you know the if you're like the ceo really actually you should remember that you're the chief reminding officer right and and you're the you are the um steward uh, of the culture uh and so you need to constantly like i've worked with a lot of organizations that you know We've gotten some awesome clarity around what's most important for the organization, why they exist, um, and then they they kind of drop the ball and and forget to do what we're talking about now: integrate that purpose and roll that out. Um, another one that I like to talk about, uh, I get from uh, this kind of kind of great management consultant, uh, author, and speaker. His name's Patrick Lincioni. and. Um, he uh, has got a number of books. He's mo- most well-known for the five dysfunctions of a team and um, building trust with teams. Um, but he's also got a great book called The Advantage. And uh, it's very similar to the process that I use. I've used a lot of his material. And he says, if your organization can't answer these six questions of clarity, and the first one is, why, why do we exist? You know, the next one is, like, how do we behave? That's about our values. Um, and the organizations that are healthy can answer those questions. And he makes a distinction that's so important. There's tons of smart organizations where they're the smartest in their field. Uh, They have, you know, their business structured down. They, you know, they know their operations, their workflow, um, uh, and so on. But the differentiator and the advantage, so to say, is is um, health to make a healthy organization is organizations that are crystal clear about their core, right? And so, um, you know, I think that that as a leader um continuingly to steward that remind people um you know walk people down the path um you know kind of do the vision casting thing from the front of the room but in every coffee meeting as well right <laughs> like you know it's, it's google earth uh high level vision casting and it's google street right like down in, <laughs> in, the, in the nitty-gritty and here's the problem is that all of our organizations uh, uh vision always leaks if it if, if vision was put into a bucket there's always holes in the bucket and it always leaks and we always forget right you, you look at some major organizations and what happens is something called vision or mission creep right and we start doing things outside of of our our sweet spot and our original intention and uh you see this a lot in the nonprofit or social sector because you know we're ch- they're chasing grants They're chasing funding and sustainability, and um, all those funding streams come with conditions for, um, you know, measurements and for uh, their own kind of impact and things that they have to report back on. And so that's certainly a challenge.
1: Yeah, I've seen that as well with social enterprises is like that. They kind of go, oh, like, um, we're going to do this. Oh, now we're going to do this. And I think, you know, particularly now this year, 2020, such a challenging year. But, you know, in Australia anyway, there's like a whole bunch of grants that are up for grabs as well. Because it's like, okay, we need to, you know, support from a nonprofit perspective and also for a, from a for-profit perspective. So there's yeah. all these grants going out, but everyone's like, well, how do I pivot? Um, and I remember I spoke with, um, Kristen Zavago about this, who's from the States as well. And she was talking about sort of like, you know, your brand promise. And I'm like, Mm. well, when you're pivoting all the time, well, like everyone's kind of trying to pivot at the moment. How do you hold on to that? Because I mean, you want to stay (laughs) relevant, but yeah. So what's, what's your sort of thoughts on that?
2: Well, uh, you know, I think that, um. You know, uh, the way my friend Will Mancini uh, talks about it, he says that there's things that are in granite, like that are etched and, and don't necessarily change. And then there's things in sand in sand that constantly need to be changing. So strategies, tactics, programs, products, services, those are all things that are in sand, right? They, they can change people, you know, you can shift people around as well. Um, it also depends on the level of maturity of the of the organization in terms of, you know, as a startup, Um, you know, I think you do, you can get some really good clarity on your purpose and your intention, um, and you'll find that pivoting is, is necessary. So I think it's a case by case, uh, um, basis. However, I think that, you know, purpose can be depending on how it's written and, you know, what that purpose is, it could be general enough to hold, um, many iterations, (laughs) you know um and at, at the same time it's okay to shift you know if you have to shift um because you're getting real good market feedback customer feedback um you know or you that that venture has failed or you know needs to That's okay i mean um you, you know at some level everything is written in pencil you know <laughs> i mean everything is especially covid if 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 anything is true is that change is constant and <laughs> um, COVID has caused many people to rewrite the playbook. In fact, you know, uh, I would love to almost capitalize on like how many companies need to reconsider their purpose, you know, because of COVID, right? So um, yeah, yeah it's, that's a tough one, but.
1: I remember there was this example that, and sorry, Naomi did clarify her question. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask you that next, Great. but just to kind of bring this um, uh, make this a little bit concrete because I think sometimes when we're talking about like promise and value and pivoting. It's like it can be quite like nebulous. So mm. I remember I was speaking with um, Dave Clare, who's a Canadian, lives over here, um, does a lot of work in the leadership space and with non-profit and and, and for-profit. And one example that he used when he was talking about sort of like your you know, your promise of value was he was talking about Kodak because Kodak for a long time had this promise of like helping you to create like lasting memories. I can't remember exactly what the tagline is, but essentially that's what it was. Right. And they invented the digital camera and then they Mm. like sold the idea (laughs) off. And it's like, well, if your promise is to create, help people create like lasting memories, like, isn't a digital camera kind of part of that promise. But for Mm. them, it was like, but the business model is print the business model. And then, mm. you know, and, and then you've got what happened to Kodak. So,
2: it's a great example. I just
1: think it's, it's a, it's one that really stuck with me. Um, it's yeah. like, you can see that it's like, hang on, actually they let go of their values by not pivoting and moving. Forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a, I have another good example, uh, just to jump in there, Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which is kind of, um, so Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with REI, but they're uh, a large American retail outdoor um, and recreation company, right? And so, um, you know, multi-million dollar, huge corporation, um, and they they would be considered a purpose-driven company. Well, in 2015, uh, they came out with this campaign, and in the States here, um, you know, uh, the day after Thanksgiving is called Black Friday, which means essentially consumer...
1: Yep. Crazy, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so bye, like, bye, bye. Everything's on sale. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, like that is the number one retail day of the year, I think. Uh, you know, and so they they decided to do something completely uh contrary, right? And where everybody was even considering, like, hey, we need to be open on that holiday, not only just, you know, and you know, people's hours are crazy, right? They're opening, you know, and you have all the store lines of people like lining up for the TV and uh, whatever deal. Um, so Black Friday is just this huge cultural thing here. It's just insanity. And so um, REI is a uh, um, a member owned worker co-op, right? That's the first cool thing about them. Um, and uh, so, and here's their purpose is to get people outside, right? And so as they considered like what is core to their purpose in 2015, they ended up coming out with this campaign uh, and I have the, have the hashtag here, it says opt outside, hashtag opt outside, right? And so what they did was they closed like 143 stores of their stores. Um, they took out like all kinds of print ads and stuff like that and made it a huge thing that, hey, like we're opting out actually of this consumer centric craze. And not just that, they gave all their staff uh, paid time off that day and said, hey, go opt outside go outdoors enjoy you know and um encourage everyone right so like and then the following year other large companies you know kind of jumped on that bandwagon and it's a mix Mm -hmm. still now but you know i think that's a good example of opposite of like what you just shared with kodak you know (laughs) totally
1: Um, it's like the follow-through version of (laughs) following through (laughs) on your promise
2: yes yes
0: (laughs) all
1: right so i gotta ask you naomi's question because she's been um very patiently waiting sorry naomi so naomi also said this year is not pivoting but coveting which is true
2: (laughs) It very good
1: so her question is so by voice she means bringing attention to an issue and influence continuing to advocate and make make a difference so how do you keep momentum if that makes sense
2: well i mean again if i think if you're purpose-driven mission-driven organization, and you want to be authentic to that, both of those are vital. Uh, I'm not sure she's making a distinction there. Of, um, I I thought the original question was which one, but I think it's always both and, right? Like, um, it is um, bringing attention to that through, uh, you know, you see bold companies bringing attention to those things through a lot of ways. Another example that I had was, uh, this is a good example for maybe this question, um, is Cotopaxi. So Cotopaxi, I've been doing a lot of study uh like research on outdoor brands, uh, because I'm trying to buy one, but that's all another story. Oh, (laughs) Um,
1: cool. (laughs) But uh
2: um, but you know, so like their their kind of tagline, which really is kind of a real clear purpose, is gear for good, right? And they're actually a B Corp, a certified B Corp. Um, uh, you know, their their employees volunteer tons of hours. Um Uh, And here's kind of their whole purpose really is ending extreme poverty, right? Like that's what they, they, so they're an outdoor company that exists to help end extreme poverty. And they're constantly bringing attention to that. They're constantly looking to influence that topic, right? And everything they do, their purpose drives all their strategy. So from the way they make their bags, they have awesome bags that um, are super colorful. And one of the things they do is they partner with like this Same factory, for example, that does a lot of Patagonia's bags and North Face bags and stuff like that. And what they've done is they've actually empowered those employees who have never had the opportunity to have any kind of design input ever. Um, Well, those employees actually take scrap pieces, and that's part of their their B Corp uh, and also kind of purpose is that, you know, kind of reuse, (laughs) um, you know, create the sustainable line. Uh, You know, there's so much waste in the textile industry. Like, how can we? So they empower their employees to actually design the one-off bags that they sell, and so that's part of their their uh, um, you know attention to the issues, but also they're influencing um, their cause, right? And so um, they also do like a one percent you know to their of their annual revenues to uh, their foundation and uh, lots of other things. But I think you need to have both, and um, you need to uh, you know you are if you are a social good company you are you are an influencer and you and you can definitely leverage influencer marketing if that's are also partially what she means um you see a lot of companies do that well you know um, s- sponsoring you know um, sp- sponsoring outdoor enthusiasts for example in that space you know um so I hope that helps um but I think it's both and and it's yeah.
1: It was naomi's question was sort of like is it this or this or is it both and yeah i yeah. i think i i agree it's sort of like and the other thing is like that you know keeping momentum question i think that is a tough one right because like say mm. for instance you go through um actually and another guest on the show recently melissa peppers was talking about how often it's when a new ceo comes in that they'll be like let's do a rebrand i want to like make my mark here i want to like you know, kind of, uh, take, uh, sort of understand this as well. It's like a process to actually understand an organization, right? So, yeah. okay, we're going to go through this rebrand. We're going to put all this energy to, into it. And even like best case you have the leadership team really embrace the, the work and, and doing the work, like you said, from the top down. But once you kind of have everything in place, how do you maintain it? Like you talked about the reminding before and sort of mm-hmm. being like a custodian for the brand. Yeah. Any Anything else you want to kind of add there?
2: Yeah. So I talked about, um, uh, you know, I think uh, another piece that comes to mind is um, uh, so I talked about celebrating those, that purpose, you know, um, accelerating that through, you know, pointing to and celebrating those core values. Um, um inputting it into your um meetings you know you're, because you're the chief remind. you also want to you can also like assess that right like part of what i do if i come into a company or organization is i do a bit of a um assessment around like you know how clear are they on these you know their current mission or purpose statement or whatever right and you know you find out Very quickly, even small organizations like I do a lot of nonprofits, and I just go in and do a test, a five-minute test with their with their board members. Right, if anybody should be in line with the with a company's or an organization's mission, it should be their board. And uh, if there's seven people, you get, you know. Six and a half different answers, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And um, so then, we, then to you know, so that's that's I'm just reinforcing the importance of your question. Um, and so uh, things like cascading communication in larger companies. So what that means is that um, if there's decisions and um, you know strategic decisions, operational decisions, and we're in a meeting, well, we don't leave that meeting without identifying who do I need to talk to these these decisions about. And again, that's all informed by purpose. Still, right, like. We're not just making a strategic decision because, you know, it's best for the best thing to do at this point. That certainly should be why, but it also is the best purposeful thing, you know, in a way to do. Um, Also, um, you know, you have, I mean, you have to, uh, I love what, what Gary Vaynerchuk talks about all the time is that like, you know, you need to be creating content and telling the story and thinking of your company as small or as large as it is as a, um marketing company like you need to be thinking about that internally so storytelling videos social you know um uh, all that brand positioning brand voice um you know reinforces that right and so you see patagonia for example right they're like the rock stars in the purpose-driven space i mean they're just incredible um absolute clarity of purpose um you know just a just a tremendous company. Um, they're like the poster child of purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like if you've ever checked out like their YouTube channel, like their videos are tr- like outstanding and, uh, so powerful, um, uh, you know, storytelling there. Um, and it's all comes from their same place. What's interesting too, is like, here's a difference too, like of purpose. Well, where kodopaxi who I spoke about earlier, their bottom line or excuse me, their bottom purpose, I guess, is about people, right? Extreme poverty. Patagonia is all about the planet, right? Like, that's their purpose. We are in our mission is to um, preserve planet Earth. Like that's, you know, that's what they're about. And uh, so it's interesting, you know, same kind of outdoor company, but, you know, different purpose and missions.
1: I think like it's just even hearing that, like you can feel that pull to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I want to <laughs> help preserve the planet. <laughs> you know, I want to help end poverty. Like you can feel the pull, and I think that's the other thing with with story is like it doesn't have to. Like I kind of think the simpler the better in a lot of ways. Like mm. you mentioned that before with like your vision, and and I'm like, you know really having like that that just that simple story structure and I've, I've talked about this with my audience before so they know what I'm talking about but it's like just those sort of like what is the the situation that's going on right so for okay what's the situation of the planet what mm. is the the conflict what's the challenges that we're coming up against And then what's the actions that we're going to take as a brand to deal with this? And I think like it's it's sort of it doesn't have to be too complicated, but getting the clarity (laughs) can be really hard, right? Like, I mean, this is is your bread and butter. Like, it's not an an easy thing. Um, We're going to have to wrap up in a second because we've gone a little bit over time. But, I I mean, we could keep talking. Mm, We're going to have to do this again, Dylan. Sounds
2: good. (laughs)
1: So for people who want to find out more about you, what you're up to, because you have got a few different things happening, Mm -hmm. um, what's the best way for them to reach out and get in touch?
2: Yeah, you can go to my personal page, which is dylanjosephall.com. And uh, you can go to the brand trust, which is all one word, thebrandtrust.xyz. Those are two spots.
1: Awesome. I'll make sure I put the the links in here as well and obviously they can reach out to you on linkedin as well right
2: absolutely yep
1: <laughs> dylan have an yes. awesome evening thank you so thank much thank you again for and- having me oh no my pleasure and thanks everyone for your questions and for tuning in as well um i'll speak to you all again soon until then have an Bye-bye. awesome day <laughs> see you Okay, so that's it from me for this Wednesday. One more interview lined up for you before I'm back with the Monday Motivation episode. So this Friday, we're going to be talking about the future of networking with Christine Smith. Christine has an awesome energy and we talk about how networking is so important and how to do it effectively you know, and, and kind of not the old fuddy-duddy day that, you know, the way people used to network, it was like heaps awkward, but actually in a really fun and meaningful way that brings community together. So looking forward to sharing that one with you. I'll see you on Friday. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.